Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. Okay, this is the penultimate week of what it means to follow Jesus and then we're going to do a few other bits on it so actually that's probably not true it's like the last of four probably um, we're still looking at what does it mean to follow Jesus um, I'm going to talk a little bit about about that and look at relationship and stuff but it's interesting because um, another story that's going to embarrass me and Nettie will bring up in a few weeks time again so I'm going to share it just in case um, Susie is exceptionally good at being able to um, listen and not necessarily giving advice um, but somehow make you feel better by just listening she might not have said anything um, but you talk for a while especially I do I talk for a while get everything off my chest and then I suddenly feel better after that and she's not even told me oh you should do this or you should think about doing this she just listened very very um, empathetic and kind of in- engaged that and therefore makes you feel better and I'm sure Nettie will know that from, from school years as well won't you um, yeah. I am not that way inclined whatsoever. I am literally, probably, I hope it's just a man thing and not just a me thing. I'm pretty sure it is a man thing. Um, But Susie will talk to me um, and I will listen for probably about 30 seconds before I'm ready to give a solution to try and fix this situation. Um, And I think my solution is like the best thing in the world. It's like, that's obvious. And it might even be right. It might even be right. But at that point in time, it's not necessarily what's needed um, and therefore I probably fit more into unfortunately kind of like a, a kind of religious pharisaical way of thinking things that people look at, they, they will look at situations and be like well this is what you need to do in this situation to make things right as opposed to Susie which is much more like Jesus where he just hears and just by the actual very nature of hearing somehow it, it transforms the situation and I think so often as much as it makes me look terrible is that is the way that Jesus is that he's so wants to sometimes just to talk to him that he's not necessarily going to be there and say this is what you need to do this is what you need to do that happens as well but so often it's just actually i just need to offload i just need to talk i just want you to talk to me and in that process something transforms because for him for jesus it's not about a process it's not about a set of principles it's not about a set of steps to get to somewhere which would be a religious kind of way of looking at things for Jesus it's about relationship and relationships about connection and and in the Susie listening to me it connects me to her and in that connection I find some sense of freedom and find some sense of moving forward in my desire to try and fix the problem or fix the situation it can almost create it as steps to do something which almost disconnects because I'm actually not listening anymore I'm trying to fix something that that can create more of a disconnect and I suppose I want to kind of look at that this morning I want to just turn somewhere first before we go any further just, just go to Matthew 23 because I want to talk about relationships what it does it mean to follow Jesus what it means to follow Jesus is to be in relationship with him the fundamentally there's lots of things that it means and lots of ways that it will challenge us and lots of ways that it will it will impact on us but fundamentally it means to be in a relationship with him, to be close to him. Um, just Matthew 23, and I'll actually turn there as well, not just everybody else. Um, I'm not going to read all this, but if you go to verse 37, Matthew 23, verse 37, and it says this, 
Jerusalem, oh Jerusalem, um, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I've wanted to gather your children um, as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Um, it's a very weird description that Jesus can. I want that, that he's, he's saying, I want to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings and um, but you weren't willing to do that um and this is preceded by jesus giving a whole list of woes not wows unfortunately but woes about the conduct of the religious leaders um some of which i can see in myself which is obviously slightly worrying but that, that's beside the point um thanks um but he talks about, there's eight, there's eight of them, and they kind of precede him talking about that, saying look, that, that you are taking advantage of, of, of the widows, that, 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 that you are praying but it's not genuine, that doing things that are effectively religious, that they just have a superficial surface impression that makes you look like you're great, makes you look like you're fantastic, makes you look like you've got everything together, but actually underneath it all, there's no sincerity, there's no genuineness, there's no realness, there's no honesty, and most significantly, there's no intimacy with him. That it's like um, me sitting there and just wanting to solve the problem, separate from connection with Susie. That I want to just solve the problems around me, whereas a lot of the time people need, and we all need, that connection. We don't necessarily need someone just to tell us what to do. We need someone that connects. And Jesus is trying to bring them back to a point of saying, look, you can know all the stuff to do in the world. It can look great. It can look amazing. But the thing I want most of all is intimacy. The thing I want most of all is relationship. The thing I want most of all is to gather you under my wings as a mother hen gathers her chicks and bring you closer, not distant, where you might have all these answers, but not really have answers, but close and intimate. And to follow Jesus is that. To follow Jesus is to be close and intimate. But sometimes, sometimes we kind of get into the routines where we do things almost on autopilot. And that's not wrong, but it sometimes pulls us out of that intimacy. For example, there will be points in the last week of term, and the last week of a half term, where myself and Susie and the boys will be so tired that you almost go through autopilot and you get to the end of the week and you think, actually, we haven't sat down and had a conversation for the entire week. And it's not because you don't want to, it's because you're tired and all you want to do right now is just get through this last week. I just want to get through, it's like head down, I'll get through this last week. Um, and you almost then in those moments, you just actually take a step back and go, actually, wait a minute, why am I just getting through the week? Why am I just looking for this kind of stuff? And I guess what I want us to do this morning is almost take what the Bible talks about as a sealer or um, in other words, just like almost like a step back and a break and just go, okay, just pause for a minute. Look at my life. Look at, not overanalyze where we get depressed, but look at my life and go, okay, have I just got, got into autopilot? Have I just gone into head down? Get on with it. That makes sense. And just kind of rushing through these things to the point where I am losing that intimacy and relationship with Jesus. That I say, yeah, I know Jesus, and that's great, but I'm actually spending time with him. I'm actually doing stuff that, where I stop and go, I just want to spend five minutes with you right now. I want to just pray for five minutes. I want to just read my Bible for five minutes. I want to just do something where it connects me back in with you 
as opposed to just knowing what to or knowing what to do and actually just pursuing and, and not really stopping and going actually that so I want you all to do something a little bit weird okay it's not massively weird it's not the weirdest thing I've actually to do before so this should be should be okay um, I just want you where you are just to stop and just take a deep breath breathe in and then breathe it out not, we're not going to go into some <laughs> weird meditative state okay but just to pause okay and Susie will hopefully try and not cough when she does that okay um, so just yeah just pause just go and it's that kind of sense of like I'm just just stop and in that moment you're doing that I just want you to just sort of in your own time just be and do it in your mind but just reconnect just oh geez, how are you just that sense of that <coughs> life gets so fast paced it's almost like it just everything blurs everything becomes less present because we're so head down get on with stuff and actually there's moments where he, all he wants is us to reconnect all he wants is us to kind of go just come I want to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks I want to bring you close I want to bring you intimate into what what's going on here because what's really interesting is that in that verse we read I'll read it again it says Jerusalem oh Jerusalem you can say it to any of us say look hope springs or hope springs church oh church Steve oh Steve whatever you want to do Talks about the one who kills the prophets and stones those who I've sent to her. How often I've wanted to gather your children together as hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. And Jesus said, Look, I want to gather you up. I want you to come intimate, to come close, to be in relationship with me, to be in connection with me, not just do things. There's some of those things I want you to do, but I don't just want you to just to do things. I want you to, to come and be close to me and do things out of that intimacy. But he's saying, look, you're not willing. And sometimes we think of not willing like means I don't want to. And that might be the case. It might be that they're not willing as I don't want to. But they're not willing might also be, I've got a few other things that, that I don't think I should. It might be the not willing is that actually, I don't think I'm worthy enough to come and be intimate. I don't think I'm good enough to come and be close. I don't think I'm good enough to, to come and spend time with you, Jesus, because I've messed up in this area, or this has happened, or people have told this about me, or whatever it might be. I don't think I'm good enough to come and do that. I don't, don't think I should. And that is also part of not willing. The, 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 it's like, I'm not going to come close because I don't think I should come close. Or it could be that I don't think I can. That, that actually, I don't, I, don't, I don't think I know how to. I don't think I know what it is to become close to you. I don't, I don't, don't think I know, know how to, to, to connect and kind of be intimate with you and have a relationship with you. I don't think I know how to do that. You're saying I'm not willing, and that might be the not willing, that actually I don't know how to. Just don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what it looks like. That my, one of my favourite people in the world is the rich young ruler. He, he came to you and said, look, I want to be close to you, Jesus, like those children were close to you, but I don't know how to. Mm. So the rich young ruler wasn't that he wasn't willing in the sense that he wasn't, didn't want it. He wanted it, but he didn't know how to to do it it could also be that that I haven't got the time to in a very practical my, my life is 24-7 I've got this this and this these things going on it's just so busy I just don't have time <coughs> to that there's so many things I've got to do so many places I've got to be so many people I've got to see I don't have time to do that or if I do have time, it's just rush time. It's not, it's not quality time. It's not where it's just that is what I'm doing. It's I'm doing that whilst I'm doing other things. In itself, that's not a problem. In our relationships, we sometimes spend time with people we care and love about whilst we're doing something else. And that's great. There's no problem with that at all. 
But if I only did that, my relationship would eventually deteriorate. If I only did it while I was doing something, you need that quality time. You need that time where it's just you and that person. It's the same with Jesus. Did he say, look, the unwilling might be that I haven't got time to. It might also be, which is a little bit more of a challenging one perhaps, I don't think I need to. That my life looks so together and it's going well right now. Actually, I don't need to. We might not actually go consciously, I don't need to. But in our sense of success and, 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 and pleasure and, and being proud of how things are going, it might be, actually, I don't, I don't need to come and spend time with you. Everything's going all right right now, Jesus. It's pretty good. I don't actually need to do that right now. But whatever it might be, that unwilling isn't just, no, I don't want to. That unwilling could be a whole range of different things. That each one of us in this room will have a completely different individual thing on what it is. But the point is, you're saying, "Look, I want you to come close. I want you to become intimate more than you've ever known before. However close you've been now or in the past, I want you closer. That the, in, in the season and time we're in, it is so essentially important that we, that we come closer to it because it uses a really strange analogy." And I was talking to Sai about this last night, but the analogy of a hen. You think about this. This guy is, is, is known throughout the area and he is doing some kind of crazy, <coughs> awesome things that, that are challenging people, provoking people, and he chooses to use the analogy of a hen. Not, not I want to gather you like a fearsome dinosaur under its feet or something like that that's going to scare one else off or I want to gather you like a lion or anything like that I want to gather you even like a sheep okay or anything like that he uses the analogy of a hen now I like chicken okay I love chicken okay um, but a hen is not the most threatening of animals in the world it's not the one where you look, look at a hen and go right if you want to be safe go and find a hen <laughs> and you've got nothing else to worry about at all yeah. you want a pet to guard your house don't get a dog don't get a cat, get a hen. Because when you get a hen, no one's coming near your house after that, okay? Um, just get that hen and put it on the front window and everyone will see that hen and be like, I'm not going near that house because if I go near that house, that hen will get me, okay? But Jesus uses the analogy of a hen. And the amazing thing is that, that if you, <laughs> you won't have done this, but if you've ever um, looked at what a hen does when it gathers a chicks, which I'm sure you all do regularly, like weekly on a regular basis, Google that and look at all those, those images on YouTube. It's the most popular video on YouTube at the minute, I think, a hen gathering its chicks. Um, but when you see that, the, the hen, there's a number of things. One of the things it does is it, is it fluffs herself up to make herself look welcoming, okay? Um, the second thing it does is it opens its wings and therefore exposes itself. In those two things, fundamentally, Jesus is A, safe and welcoming, and B, he's vulnerable. Mm-hmm. That he's not somebody with a stick going, okay, come near me, no one else will touch you. But you think, actually, I don't want to go near you because if I go near you, goodness knows what will happen. Okay? Mm-hmm. The point is that Yes, Jesus challenges us. Yes, he, he, he provokes us in the sense of like, come on, you can do this. All those kind of things. But fundamentally, he is welcoming and fundamentally, he is vulnerable. Mm. The, they are the things that from that foundation, other things happen. But, but he goes, look, come and just, just be here. I'm, I'm completely vulnerable. I'm completely exposed. But I want you to come and be intimate and close with me. Because in that position of vulnerability and exposure, he's going, look, I'm, I'm, I'm open, completely open. And I want to know you. I'm going to be open with you no matter what condition you come to me in. 
whether you come to me in a great condition of thinking everything's together or you come to me in a luck of just a mess either way I'm vulnerable with you I'm open with you I'm here for you I'm welcoming I'm safe in the sense of that you can come and be protected here there's beautiful analogies and this is really kind of a weird thing to research but there's some beautiful analogies of this situation with hens and chicks there's one of them where uh, there was a forest fire and in this forest fire um, obviously in certain parts of the world there's hens and chickens in the forest and stuff and a forest fire happened and they were walking through after the forest fire just putting out the small little fires firemen were and they saw the, the, the charred remains of a, of a hen, of a chicken there and they were like, oh that, that's sad but kind of moved it out of the way and stuff and as they moved it, chicks came out from underneath it because they, this hen had literally given her life for the sake of her chicks had covered her chicks under her wings had died herself but then her chicks had survived and that in itself is the beauty of what Jesus does that he says look I want to gather you because I want to go to the end of saying that I will give my life for you and I want you to come and be here and be close to me because I want to protect you I want to look after you I want to give my life for you and that is almost the sealer thing that we are going to do some phenomenal things as a church, as individuals and stuff and they're, they're going to be grand and they're going to be amazing and they're going to be powerful but fundamentally he gives his life for us and we have that place of safety that we don't rush so much into doing things or in not that we rephrase that we don't do so many things which are great without knowing actually I just come back to that place of intimacy with you mm. come back to that place of relationship because that's what he's saying look I don't want you to do all this stuff I don't want you to get into religion and religion is simply is simply doing stuff separate from him if I do stuff in connection relationship with him it's not religion it's relationship if I do stuff separate from him it makes it religion immediately because it's just I'm doing things for the sake of doing things it's not because I'm in relationship with you and he's saying look I want to give my life for you be vulnerable be welcoming and give my life for you. And no matter where we're at right now, that's his posture. Look, I'm open. I'm, I'm, I'm a good place to come. I'm a safe place to come. I'm, I, I'm completely vulnerable with you. I, I'm completely, will give myself for you. And he, that's what he's saying. Look, I want you to come and do that. And whatever reason there may be that we say, I'm not willing. The amazing thing is that that, that, that reason isn't something that, that becomes a barrier and a block, but it's something that, that actually can become a, a, a thing we ride on to become closer to him. You just go to Luke 18. The whatever the reason, whatever the, the unwilling part is that makes us think, actually, it could be time, it could be, I don't think I should, I'm not allowed to, I'm not worthy enough to, I'm not good enough to, I don't have time to, I don't know how to. Whatever that unwilling part is, we can use that unwilling part to actually become close. Luke 18 verse 9. Now, I've got to be careful here because I, I could go off on this for like the next hour and I'm not going to do that because it's just a reference point. Um, the down to be bits I got off on because it's just it's amazing. Okay, Luke 18 verse 9. So Jesus talking and he also spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. So there's certain people who think, actually, I'm good enough. Mm. I'm, I've got everything together. I don't need God. Mm. Or I don't need a relationship with God because I'm good enough. I've got it all together. And therefore, they're going, actually, I'm better than such and such. And if it says in verse 10, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee, so a religious leader, and the other a tax collector. And so a money guy. Just out of point, 
neither of those two are popular. Mm. It's not like the religious leaders like the pop one the and the, and the tax collectors not. It's like neither of them are particularly upstanding. Okay, it's like um, tax collectors like George Osborne and um, I don't know some kind of crazy extremist religious guy in America, um, or Donald Trump and some crazy religious extremist guy in America. Like no one particularly likes either of them. Um, but they're both going up there, if that makes sense. And the point is, Jesus is including two people that no, no one really likes in this thing. Um, the Pharisee stood and prayed, thus with himself, and that's a brilliant word, with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax, this, this tax collector who's come up with me. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all I possess. And the tax collector standing afar off. So this guy standing there going, look, I do all this good stuff. And the interesting thing is, and Simon mentioned, the interesting thing is, this guy isn't necessarily a bad guy. He's not like he's doing saying, I abuse people and I get their money and all that kind of stuff. He's saying, look, I, I give my money. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I pray, I fast, I do things that are probably good. That makes sense. How many times do we, could, could, could we go, well, actually, I do some pretty good stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I give money, I give food, I give my time up, I do all these kind of stuff. They don't do that. And it's so subtle to get into that, it, that, that, that we look at it in the page of this and it's like, oh, I would never do that. But in the very moment, it's like, you've just done it because you're going, I would never do that. Yeah. And it's like, the whole point is that, that Jesus is trying to pick at this thing that's not as obvious as we think it is. Because I go, well, I wouldn't do what the Pharisee did. But by doing that statement, I'm doing what the Pharisees just done. Because I'm going, I'm better than, than them, because I wouldn't do that. And the point is that Jesus wants us to get the second guy. And he says, look, I'm the tax collector, standing afar off. Bear in mind, the tax collector does take money from people, make people poor, and abuses people to get himself rich. So this guy is not nice. He's not like kind of... Oh, poor tax collector. He's not nice. He's not liked. People don't want to be near him and stuff. Yet Jesus is going, look, this tax collector, um, standing afar off, would not even as much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful on me, a sinner. So a completely different mindset. He's going, look, I'm, I'm, I, I've messed up. I'm, I'm not good enough right here. I, I, I am not in any way, shape or form as good as that guy. That guy does some good stuff. And the, the important thing is you realize the guy did some good stuff. The Pharisee did some good stuff. It wasn't like what he did was evil. Yeah. He was doing good things. But the problem was he made his good things the thing that defined how good he was. Whereas the tax collector was going, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't do good stuff. I've, I've messed up people's lives. I've done some terrible things. But because he's coming with a sense of, look, God, I've messed up. I need, I need you. I need you. The, the, the Pharisees' religious and good deeds were keeping him separate from God. The, the tax collector's kind of openness and vulnerability was going, I, I need you. If I don't have you, I'm, I'm, I'm going nowhere. It's all, it's all going to go belly up if I don't get you. And that is the attitude that, that God wants to see with us. It's not about this kind of sense of, look, I've got it all sorted all, all together. It's going, look, I, 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 I haven't got it all sorted. I haven't got it all together. I do some good stuff, yeah, and I'm, really, I'm glad I do that good stuff. But actually, in so many ways... Man, I haven't got it together. And we see it so prevalently in society, don't we? That, that it's like, I do these good things. I'm so much better than that politician. Or I'm so much better than that celebrity. Or I'm so much better than that religious leader. Or I'm so much better than that person. 
because we think we're not doing things as bad as they are. But by doing that, we're almost making it about what we do. And God's going, I don't want it to be about what you do. I want it to be about the fact you, you, you come and I want to draw you near just to be with me. Not because you do things right or do things wrong, but just to be with me. I want you to be in relationship with me. He says in verse 14, I tell you then, this man went down to his house justified, so the tax collector, rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. The I'm conscious of time, I knew I'd go off on this bit. Um, 2 Corinthians 12. I'm being quite disciplined here, though we're going a little bit off. 2 Corinthians 12. Verse 7. <coughs> when I can compare myself with somebody else and come off better, I have a very, very, very distorted view of, of life in general. That if I can go, well, I do this, this, and this, and therefore I'm better than such and such. It kind of means my view of what success is or what goodness is or what whatever is is quite low. Because if I can meet that thing, it means I've not really seen what's needed to be there. I'll explain that point again in a minute. So 2 Corinthians 12 verse 7. Unless I should be exalted above, so it's Paul talking, unless I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of relations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan. So this is the, 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 the devil having a go at Paul. To buffet me lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that, he might, that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Weakness is, is based on perception. For example, I am stronger, <laughs> I hope, I am stronger than, than Zachary hopefully um, I might not be but hopefully I am okay but I'm weaker than, than Sai okay so I'm stronger than Zachary but I'm weaker than Sai so for me to feel strong like I've got everything together it entirely bases on who I compare myself to or what I compare myself to if I compare myself to Zachary and Levi I look like the strongest guy in the world if I compare myself to Sai I don't if I compare myself to the strongest man in the world, I really, really, really don't. That makes sense? So weakness is almost based on perception. Sometimes we think, well, actually, I remember being saying, well, God, I don't really feel that weak. That makes sense. I don't feel like I've got, I'm, I'm weak in general, if that makes sense. In terms of life, I don't feel like my life is a mess. Therefore, I don't feel like I'm weak. But that's sometimes because I'm comparing it somewhere. That makes sense? I don't feel weak compared to that person that lives homeless on the street. Mm because my life looks better than their life. So I feel stronger, therefore I don't feel weak. But actually when I look at, uh, 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 at the way Jesus was, and the way that he operated, or I look at other people like that, and actually compared to that, yeah, I feel weak. And that, that's almost the point, that, that, that sometimes we lower the bar to such a point that actually I feel strong because I can do this. Or you're in the gym and you weight lift, and it's like, look at me, I'm absolutely smashing these things. And you've got like, with five kgs quite a little yeah okay like five kgs and that, therefore you look like you're doing well but actually you're not because what the weight is is minimal mm. if you go and do something that, that's much bigger then you actually I feel weak I need to do something because I'm weak 
that makes sense. I haven't got the strength to lift these bars or to do this kind of thing. Um, and therefore, strength and weakness is all based on where we compare ourselves. And therefore, I would suggest to you that, that actually all of us stand weak. Because if we compare ourselves to what is possible for us and what Jesus has called us to, in terms of the life he's called us to, the, that is to follow him, I have no ability whatsoever to match that bar, to lift that weight, to, to be stronger enough to do that. And therefore, I immediately then go, God, I need you. I absolutely need you. And therefore, any part of my life where I go, I can do this, means I haven't really seen what that requires. If I sit back and go, right, I can raise these kids, no problem whatsoever. I haven't really seen what's required to raise kids well. Because if I've seen that, I'm like, oh dear goodness me, God, I really, really need your help right now, okay? If I sit back and go, I can love Susie well enough, then I haven't really seen what it means to love Susie the way that she deserves to be loved. I might have seen, actually I can love Susie better than that person does who beats his wife. Yeah, I look good right now, but I haven't seen what it is actually to love my wife, where I lay down my life for my wife. That makes sense? Therefore, where I compare myself determines whether I feel weak or strong. And therefore, when we see what he's called us to, when we see the need in society, when, when we see what's going on around us, we would genuinely fall to anything and go, God, I'm absolutely 100% in need of you right now because I cannot do this. I feel weak. I can't meet the need in society. I can't even meet the needs presented in front of me. And that's not a bad place to be because then Paul says here, he says, verse 9, says my strength is made perfect in weakness so when we get to that point it means that the strength of god comes in and he says therefore most gladly i would rather boast in my infirmities boast in my weaknesses that the power of christ may rest upon me therefore i take pleasure listen to that that's a bizarre thing to say therefore i take pleasure in the infirmities and in the reproaches and the needs in the persecutions and distresses for christ's sake for when i am weak then i am strong when I catch a glimpse of what's needed in society, when I catch a glimpse of what God's called me to, I go, God, I can't do that. And almost take pleasure in the fact that, God, I can't do that. I really, really can't do that. But I know you can. And in that moment of me going, I can't do that, the strength comes in to do that, 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 that very thing. And therefore, the challenge becomes for us not being people that, that almost are faced with situations we can't overcome. The challenge becomes that we keep a mindset that goes, a humble mindset that goes, I, I, I know I can't do that. As soon as I start to become like, I'm doing these good things, like that, that Pharisee, I'm doing these good things, I give my tithes, I, I do this, I do this, I do this. We separate ourselves from the, the source of our help because I make it about what I can do, what I can manage on my own. And Jesus is going, look, I want to just bring, bring you closer to me because when you're close to me, when you're in a relationship with me, that, that's when you have the ability to do stuff. When you realise you need for me, that's when you have the ability to do stuff. And so I, when we see these impossible situations they're almost the things we should get excited about because that impossible situation goes i i know i can't do that so when that situation changes it's entirely because the strength of god is there it's entirely because god's helped me in that situation when i look at my inabilities and not i'm not saying we focus on them where i get depressed go, oh my goodness man, i'm an awful husband i'm an awful dad i'm an awful friend i'm not saying we do that but i go look god i i, I want to love Susie in a way that that i haven't loved her yet and therefore, when I do that, I think, actually, I want to do that. When that, that starts happening, it gives me the ability to do that. It doesn't mean it's not me. It just that means when I'm weak, then I'm strong because his strength comes in and, and strengthens me to do that. Or, or with my children or with my friends or with whatever it might be. 
that he gives me the ability to do those things because when I go, God, I can't do this on my own because they, they deserve more than I can give right now. He's like, well, okay, that, that, that's fine. Let me come in and help. Um, I have to go quick through the last bit because we've gone off track a little bit there. Just go to he- Hebrews 4. The point is he wants us away from this religious mentality that goes, I do these things well. Look how good I look. And he wants us into this mentality that goes, God, I need you and I need relationship with you. Therefore, I will draw near to you. I'll draw near to you in relationship because I, ne- I desperately need you. Hebrews 4. And this is the key. This bit here is the fundamental key to everything I've just said. That Jesus is saying, look, I want to draw you close like a hen gathers her chicks. I want you to be intimate with me, close to me, in relationship with me. I want you to not be proud and set apart where you're going, I can do this. Look at my life. Look how great it is. Everything's fine. Everything's going okay. I want you to realise actually you need relationship with me you need me when you see what i've called you to when you see what the need is in society when you see what what the plan of god is for everybody's life you realize actually i can't do that i need you now we draw nearer and this is the key this bit here is the kind of the the kind of thing that underpins everything i'm talking about this morning and it says in hebrews 4 verse 14 seeing then we have a great high priest um one thing i would say it says seeing then which means chapter one two and three is all about showing us so I'm not going to have time to go through that right now, but I would encourage you, if you want to see what Jesus is like and see how open and vulnerable and welcoming he is, then read chapter 1, 2 and 3 of Hebrews and read it, one, and read it again and again and again because it will. Hit, the whole point is in chapter 4, he's picking up a thought process that's gone through the whole rest of it. It's like I'm picking up mid-book mid and he's gone like, this is what Jesus is like. Now, what have you just looked at? That's what he is. So you want to see that? Have a look at that. So seeing then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Now this is the key bit. For we do not have a high priest. We do not have somebody who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. That's basically saying, look, Jesus went through everything we've been through. Everything. Anything I face on a day day by day basis, he has faced. He has felt. He understands. He, he gets he's not sitting there going can't believe you struggled with that can't believe how weak you had to deal with that I can't believe that you were overcome by that he's going I get that I understand it I get what it feels like I get what you're going through I understand those, those situations I understand that that pressure I understand that temptation the difference is he's he did it without sin so he, he didn't step over into some things where we make mistakes but it doesn't mean he doesn't understand he gets fully he's not going that is awful or one of those teachers at school who kind of goes, I can't believe you've just done that. You never want to go near because you're like, you know they're just, just going to judge you or make, a, or, make, or make a kind of a damnation of you because you made a mistake or you did something wrong. Jesus is not like that at all. Jesus is going, look, I get it. I get what you're facing. I get what you're going through. I'm vulnerable, remember? I'm open. I'm welcoming. I want to gather you near. So don't think I'm some kind of strict teacher or strict kind of judge or something that's going that was rubbish, that was good, that was rubbish, that was good, that was rubbish, that was good. He's going, look, whatever the situation, I get it, come near, come near, come near. Mm-hmm. It says, for we do not have a high priest who does not sympathise with our weaknesses, doesn't get it, but was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Therefore, in that context, that if people come to me sometimes, I'm like, well, you need to do this, this, this and this. That kind of stops people perhaps wanting to come next time. People go to Susie and she just listens and makes them feel empowered and encourages them. Then they're going to want to go there again. 
Okay. Same thing with Jesus. Saying because of look at how he is. Look at the way he listens. Look at the way he understands. Look at how welcoming he is. Look at how vulnerable he is. Look almost like how non-threatening he is. A hen is not threatening. I don't, I've never gone to a farm and gone, oh my goodness me, look at that hen. It's going to come and hurt me right now. Okay. Right? Hens don't threaten. Jesus makes himself a hen. He calls himself a hen. He's trying to say, look, I'm not threatening to you. I'm not here to be some kind of judge where you're scared of me. I'm here to say, look, I'm, I'm vulnerable. I'm here. Come near me. And therefore it says in verse 15, so verse 16, let us therefore come boldly. Why? Because he's open. He's welcoming. Let us therefore come boldly because we see that he he's wants us near. And that word boldly is perhaps the fundamental thing of what I want to say this morning. The, the word, that word boldly is honestly. It's with... Um, frankness of speech it's with all outspokenness it basically means come to Jesus and be honest come to him and be you say whatever you're going to say be whoever you're going to be but be honest with him so for example he talked about unwillingness before my unwillingness might be I haven't got time come and be honest with him about it God look I want to come spend time with him but I haven't got time to and start to be honest with them. Start to have a dialogue. Because actually by doing that, we are starting to engage and make connection with them. I want to come to Jesus, but I just don't feel like I'm worthy enough. I don't feel like I've done enough stuff. Come and have that conversation with them. Come and talk to them and just say, look, I don't feel like I'm good enough. I've messed up in the, these areas of my life. And I just, I feel like that makes me not good enough to come and be with you. Mm-hmm. And it's that kind of all outspokenness, that, that, that frankness, that bluntness. God, I've come to you, but, but, but you've annoyed me. I'm really frustrated with you because this happened in my life and I feel like I, it, it, it's your fault and, and, and I'm just angry with you about that. Or I've, I, I've come to you before, God, and I just didn't, n- nothing happened. And you just come and be honest with me because actually by doing that, I'm connecting. The, the amount of conversations that me and Susie have had that probably started with says, I'm really annoyed with you right now. Okay? That, 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 that doesn't disconnect. Mm. That connects. Mm. What disconnects is me going, I'm not going to tell her I'm I'm just going to act annoyed. Okay? That disconnects. Because now we're not talking. It probably then is preceded by me getting very cross and shouting and stuff. But the point is it still connects. That makes sense? And that's, I'm not trying to say we shout all the time. But the point is it, it's connecting. God, I'm annoyed with you right now. God, I, I feel rubbish right now. God, I've messed up in this area right now. Mm. It's, that kind of con- it's that thing that he's saying, look, Jesus gets it. He understands it. I'm not saying he endorses it. Oh yeah, go and do whatever you want to do. That's obviously not what he does. But he's like, I get it. Come and talk to me about it. I want, I'd much prefer you to come and be intimate with me and talk to me about it than be distant and away. He said, look, come near, come near, come near. And this is the fundamental thing that he says this. Let us therefore come boldly, openly, frankness of speech, honestly, to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When I come with that attitude, when I come with the attitude that says, actually, God, I just need you. Not with actually said, look, well, I've done this, 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 and this. I'm better than them. Or um, that says, I'm quite strong when I compare myself to Zachary or when I compare myself to this situation. I look good. But just come and say, look, God, I can't do this. I've messed up. I've had a good day today. I've had a bad day today. I've had a boring day today. And just engage, just connect and do those kind of things is in that attitude that we receive grace and mercy it's in that moment that we receive help 
Not because God's going before that, I'm not going to give you any help unless you come to me with the right attitude. That, that's not what he means. He's going, look, when I come with that attitude, I'm going, look, I need you, therefore I'm open to receive it. It's like going to a meal where you've already had a meal. I've done it a few times where I've been out for a meal, um, didn't realise that we'd be invited around someone's house for food later, and therefore you've just eaten a massive, massive kind of like feast, and then you go turn up to the house at like 7.30, it's like, oh my goodness me, I've got to eat another meal. And it's like, I really don't want to do that right now. But it's that kind of thing. It's like, it's turning up full already, if that makes sense, and going, actually, I don't, I, I don't really need anything in this meal tonight. I'm not going to eat anything. Mm. As opposed to turning up to that meal where you've not eaten and be like, I'm absolutely ravenous. I can't wait for them to feed me. That makes sense. Same thing with Jesus. It's like Jesus isn't going, look, I'm not going to give you anything unless you come to the right attitude. He's going, look, you come to me and if you realise you need me, you'll, you'll, you'll just receive everything I've got. If you come to me thinking, actually, I don't really need you. Everything's going all right right now mm. because of the way I'm comparing myself or who I'm comparing myself to, then I'm, I'm fine. It's like being full already or we think we're full already. And he said, look, when you come with this attitude, it's like, God, I need you. I'm desperate for, for you. Then it, it kind of means that we end up receiving grace and mercy we end up receiving help we end up receiving those things and this is the phenomenal part of it that word to help in time of need is a really really weird word but it's to do with um, on a ship it's called frapping on a ship I think that's the right word there's a rope or ropes that you can pull that will tighten the sail um, and that word help is that process that when, when we come to him with this openness and honesty it gives us the grace and mercy we need it gives us the help we need and that help almost pulls it's like this idea that it pulls the ropes and it tightens the sail which means then, then the ship can sail or the ship can go because before that the sail's just going all over the place and therefore can't catch the wind can't, can't catch the kind of the, the kind of wind therefore to move and direct and all that kind of stuff but when we receive help from him it's like it pulls that rope tight and tightens the sail which means then the sail catches the wind and sails off that when I come to him and I might be coming with him with some awful stuff saying God this is happening in my day it's terrible this is, someone's been diagnosed with cancer someone's, this has happened someone said this to me it's just the whole thing is falling apart and we come to him with all this kind of stuff and it's like then we receive his mercy and his grace and it just brings that help it brings that tightening that we can actually go forward again we can actually move forward again and it might be that God look I'm cross with you because I'm not hearing you and it just brings, we receive that grace and mercy and it's like, it just brings that tightening and we move forward. And it brings that progress and that momentum. But it's all from that place of intimacy. And it's that kind of taking those moments, those sealer moments, those pauses and just going, God, have I got out of that routine? Have I got out of that kind of rhythm of being intimate with you and got into just muscle memory, got into just routine where it's just I just do the same things and actually I'm not doing those things in connection with you anymore I'm just doing them because I don't really know why I'm doing them anymore um, they might not be bad things but I'm just doing them so actually now I want to come back into intimacy with you I want to come back into that being gathered like a chick under the hen's wings I want to come back into that relationship back into that place where I just go I need you help me see again that I need you and it could be that God I actually don't think I need you right now but I know I do so please help me see that I need you right now because I want to need you or I don't really want to spend time with you right now. God, so please help me to want to spend time with you. I don't want to read my Bible. I don't want to spend time in prayer. But please help me to want to do those things. It's that honesty, that, that, that vulnerability that goes, God, just, just help me. Please help me. Um, and in those, those moments, it helps us move forward. In those moments, it doesn't mean everything transforms in a moment. But it just helps internally. And just brings that peace and that rest. And then transforms the situations externally from that place of intimacy and relationship with him.
So in everything we're going into, in everything we're doing as a community, and we're going to have significant breakthroughs, significant points of miracles and changes in society and in people's lives and all those kind of things and just wonderful times of getting to know Jesus and getting to know each other. We're going to have all that kind of stuff. My, my, ex- my encouragement to all of us is that we continue to take those kind of sealers, those moments of pause and go, okay, how have I got into autopilot again? How have I just got head down and forgetting about a relationship with you? If I just say, God, I've just forgotten, haven't I? I've slipped back into old habits. I've forgotten. Please help me get back into that relationship with you again. Please help me just reconnect with you. I know you're always there, but just help me reconnect. Um, and just keep talking to him on everything. doesn't mean you have to always have an audible voice that this is now what you should do, but just, just keep talking. You might look like a crazy person, but just keep talking. God, I just, what else should I do in this situation? What do I, how do I respond to that person? How do I deal with this? What do I do here? And you'll be amazed at what starts to just come back in and what starts to just drop back in. It could be someone just says something to you like, wow, you don't know how much an answer to prayer that is. Or um, something just a thought comes into your mind and goes, wow, that, that might actually be God answering my question a minute ago or whatever it might be. But it's that kind of openness and just keeping talking, keeping talking, keeping talking. We talk about relationship with God. We talk about people who do these amazing things and have these amazing relationships with God. It all starts with just talking and connecting and being honest and being open and being vulnerable and when we may look back in like 20 years time and go wow look at where it is now I didn't realise it started back then and what happened back then um, so Holy Spirit just help us not just this week not just today but actually just continue to help us to keep on track is a horrible word but just to keep us in that rhythm of relationship with you that sense of not getting into autopilot where we just do things because we do them but just that intimacy that relationship with you help us to just know we can talk to you know that we can just be open and honest with you know that we can just be vulnerable with you like you're vulnerable with us help us just to continue that that dialogue that just goes on and hearing and speaking hearing and sharing with you in Jesus name Amen Amen. Amen. have a good rest of the week everybody